In the last two years, healthcare executives, 81% of them noted that digital transformation is accelerating in their organization. But that same amount, almost 80%, are also saying that they're still in their really early stages of planning. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with HIMSS. The world has gone digital. How are you adapting? In this episode, we're sitting down with Julie Campbell, Vice President of HealthBox. HealthBox, a HIMSS solution, supports and advises organizations that are developing, adopting, and investing in the digital solutions that will transform healthcare. And today we'll be talking about the myths that are holding back digital transformation and the importance of digital strategy in today's ever-changing healthcare world. Now, thanks for joining us today, Julie. Thank you so much for having me, Marianne. Okay, so to start off, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and HealthBox and let us know how HealthBox is enabling digital transformation. Yeah, and thank you for that introduction. Um, I'm, I'm Julie Campbell, as you said, Vice President of HealthBox. I've been in healthcare consulting for about 15 years, and I've worked with payers and providers um, from across the country on operational improvements, so things like clinical operations, productivity, supply chain, and also strategy, so digital strategy, which is more of the focus today, and innovation strategy. Um, and that's really what we specialize in at HealthBox. We have a 10-year history, over a 10-year history, of empowering the reinvention of healthcare. And in the last four years, we've been doing that as a wholly owned subsidiary of HIMSS. So our advisory services are really set up to support any organization kind of along the innovation continuum. So whether they are ad developing, um, adopting, or investing in digital solutions that can transform healthcare. So when I say develop, we work with those at the forefront of creating the solutions. So whether that's startups, providers, payers, market suppliers, we're enabling them to build the right culture of innovation and then produce the right products for the market um, using the expertise um, to really enable success. Um, we also work with those that are adopting uh, digital transformation, so payers and providers that are setting their strategy for transformation, um, enabling roadmaps uh, to really become a true mature digital ecosystem. And we also work with those that are investing in, in strategic innovation, so strategic organizations that are looking to diversify revenue um, and looking to not only invest, but also adopt the solutions that can really change how they're delivering healthcare today. Okay, now maybe you can tell us a little bit about why digital transformation is so important in healthcare. It is so important, and if, if not critical, um, because the entire world is going digital. And I think we've all seen that technology has completely changed the way that we travel, how we consume food, films, fashion, even how we speak to each other on a day-to-day -day basis. Digital transformation has been underway for a long time. And in healthcare, we're getting there, but it's a really long road. Um, so companies know this. We're seeing these changes start to take shape, especially in the last couple of years in healthcare. Um, in the last two years, healthcare executives, 81% of them noted that digital transformation is accelerating in their organization. But that same amount, almost 80%, are also saying that they're still in their really early stages of planning. So we have this um, kind of gap here where we recognize the need, but we're still really early on in the process. And when I think about that from like a financial perspective, 2021, I mean, investment in digital health startups 
um, almost $30 billion in funding. That was a record year that doubled the previous year's record in 2020. So we have all of this momentum. And yet leaders say that this transformation is the most concerning risk for their businesses. Only 8% of companies actually believe that their current business models are going to be remain viable through the course of industry digitization. Well, it kind of leads to my next question. Now, why do you think it is that so many healthcare companies are still lagging behind other industries? What do you think is stopping them? We really have to, especially in healthcare, intentionally plan for digital transformation. We can't just let it happen to us. And I think, you know, some of us saw this divide during the pandemic between organizations that were a lot further along in their digital strategy, um, how quickly they spun up infrastructure for virtual care, for chatbots, for being able to control and monitor their supply chain needs. Um, But I think that a lot of organizations, and so many are still in that early planning stages, they're really hindered by these myths, um, this belief that healthcare is different. And it really creates a lot of room for excuses um, that really prevent valuable and necessary change from occurring. And I I just don't think that the healthcare industry can sustain sustain this business as usual, usual concept. I think we have to think critically about the myths that our organizations are holding um, and figure out ways to really bust those myths. Um, And I think it's it's really critical for, for our entire healthcare ecosystem to come together and to share data and what's working best. We really have to think critically about the myths that our organizations are holding because they're hindering the way that we're delivering care. So by debunking these myths, we can pave a way for a more successful digital strategy at our organizations. So when I think about a few common digital transformation myths that even just a couple of years ago, most people didn't even think there was an opportunity to bust these myths. I think some of these are becoming a little bit more obvious, but the reality is the data has been there for years to be able to show that these myths are really hindering us. You know, I've kind of centered this around five myths in particular. Um, The first being that often it's believed that older adults, seniors, can't and won't engage in digital health solutions. The second, that Medicaid populations or uninsured populations just don't have the same tech literacy or access um, as the general population to be able to engage in digital health solutions to improve their health care. The third, uh, that it's high risk, um, that digital transformation is actually going to introduce more security risks and outweigh the benefits to implementing transformation. The fourth, that digital transformation is someone else's job. It's already taken care of. You know, someone else is handling it, so I don't need to do it. That lastly, um, some people think that digital transformation is optional. And um, I think every single one of these Um, we have the opportunity to really bust through and think about things differently and share experiences with those who've had success um, and make sure that your digital strategy is enabled um, with data, with best practices, with success stories, so that you don't fall into the same traps that others have. Wow. Now, Julie, of these five myths that you just mentioned, which ones do you think are the most harmful and which do you think have the potential to really impact healthcare in the long term? I mean, I think they all have potential for harm. I think the first is that digital health isn't a viable 
uh, solution in Medicaid and uninsured populations, that myth. You know, we've seen a lot of advancement in Medicaid populations, solutions for seniors. And although a lot of people still um, underestimate seniors and their ability to be able to adopt and adapt to these types of new technologies, the Medicaid, I'm sorry, Medicare solutions, we haven't seen the same type of investment or solutions coming out targeted at them. And I think that's rooted in two myths. It's that they believe that Medicaid populations don't have smartphones or access to internet. And actually it's highly comparable. There's um, both smartphones and tablets. Um, they, we see that there's um, a lot of appetite and access to these types of solutions if they want it. Um, and it's also rooted in the fact that there's a belief that the market doesn't have opportunities for investment or spend because it's just so low margin. Overwhelmingly, we're seeing this shift and we're seeing that Medicaid beneficiaries are using smartphones and tablets at comparable rates. Um, and we're seeing that they're actually interested in using it for healthcare purposes. And I don't say this um, in light. Uh, I, I know that there is a digital divide. And for those who don't have access to the internet, we need to find non-digital and analog solutions to be able to support them. But we can't just forget about a population of 80 million Americans um, who are getting um, insurance through Medicaid and they're just not being tailored. They're not being marketed towards. There are solutions that aren't benefiting them directly. And we really need to focus on investment in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Julie, if you were describing kind of the ideal digital health ecosystem to someone who is just dipping their toes in the water, what would you say? I think that a mature digital ecosystem is made up of several parts. And it's really a part of a journey. Um, nobody is entirely mature in this space, but everyone is working towards it. Um, and I think that when I think about the parts that make it up, it's about working together to prioritize population health outcomes um, informed by robust analytics tracked in real time, um, population health outcomes data that inform the design, implementation, and scalability of new models of care, that are focused on health and wellness, and systems interoperability um, that's crucial for data flow across systems in real time. And finally, it's the governance support um, and sustainability and accountability throughout that ecosystem. So that really boils down to the four components of the digital health indicator, um, the DHI. So that's population health outcomes, that's analytics, predictive analytics, it's interoperability, and it's governance and workforce. And, you know, just last week, I was at the HIMSS 22 Global Conference, and I was sitting um, in a room with executives listening to a panel with three excellent chief digital officers from Jefferson Health, Virtual Health, Prisma Health, um, and they were each asked to name one consideration that they that would have the greatest impact on digital transformation. And they basically said almost verbatim those four components, governance. They said data and segmentation and, and CRM, um, which kind of amounted to analytics and the interoperability and user experience kind of aligning to the population health outcomes piece. So these, these are the things that we believe are really necessary to focus on improving all four of those components um, in order to achieve that mature digital ecosystem. That makes a lot of sense. And Julie, I'm glad you brought up the DHI. 
I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the DHI, why it was created, and how it can inform digital health strategy. Yeah, the DHI um, is used to assess your current state and understand your capacity for digital transformation. Again, no one has achieved that ultimate like mature state. So we're still all on this road towards progressing to become more of a digital health ecosystem. So the DHI is really measuring your progress towards becoming that. Um, and by engaging in the DHI, health core organizations can measure their transformation from a provider-centric disease management-focused health system towards what should be a more proactive, predictive system that's person-centric, um, focused on supporting and sustaining health and wellness. Now that we kind of know where we stand in terms of digital health, how do we move forward from here? I think, I think that the DHI is a great place to start understanding where you are today, but it's really part of a larger roadmap that you have to put together. So I would think about it as first establish your current state. So take the DHI, conduct interviews, conduct focus groups, talk to the people, um, understanding what they're feeling, do inventories, um, understand where you're starting from and remember to really understand it from an enterprise level, not just in specific departments. And then you want to evaluate the market. And I would include your healthcare competitors, regional, um, national kind of best in breed systems, I'd also think about non-healthcare entities. We are learning so much today about your indirect, like through indirect competition, what other entities are doing in their digital roadmap. If we think about retail and how retail is completely transformed by digital, healthcare has a lot to learn there. Um, then I would look at establishing the right goals for your organization's overall strategy. You can't accomplish all of your goals at once. So determine which target areas have the highest impact and the most urgency while still balancing for some quick wins. And then get the right stakeholders to buy in. Um, they can range from clinical, patient, regulatory, payers, suppliers, um, but you have to find the right champions, both operational and clinical, in order to be successful in a digital strategy. And then finally, as far as like the preparation stage, you build an action plan. Um, and that's like conducting the right level of due diligence, creating charters to lay out your goals, identify your champions, create a project management plan, et cetera. But really dig into like, what is it going to take to be able to accomplish these key goals that we've set forward in the previous pieces? Um, what is it going to take from a cost perspective? Because you do have to put your money into where your mouth is. You have to fund transformation. It, again, it's just it's not just going to happen to you. Um, and that's when you can really start doing the work. Once you have that action plan in place, you can get out there, get the job done, make sure you're communicating your act action plan across the enterprise and mobilizing your resources, management teams, and policies. Absolutely. I love that point about how the retail has really embraced digital transformation. It says a lot about like how you know, patients tend to ex uh, expect that kind of same kind of personalized attention from their health providers. Now, Julie, over its 10, over its 10 plus year history, Healthbox has done a lot of work in this area. So can you talk to us about a specific case study in digital transformation? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it modeled, you know, the process that I described um, just before this, but we worked with a regional health system to develop a three-year strategy 
to improve organizations' patient experience specifically. So it started with understanding the current state, um, a lot of data analysis, inventory of staff interviews. I think one of the great things that we did here since we were working on patient experience opportunities was we talked to patients. We conducted patient focus groups for seniors, caregivers, expecting mothers, and more. Um, and use that to really figure out what the pain points were, what people were, were um, frustrated with, but also what their expectations were. Um, because again, they're influenced by you know, how digital has changed their entire, um, their entire world, not just their healthcare experience. Um, so we cataloged these, prioritized what the issues were. We got feedback from various stakeholders, selected and ultimately selected the pain points that were most critical for the patients. Um, and we created a framework to evaluate them across the continuum of care. So we started with preventative care, um, things like preventative screening visits, monitoring vitals, um, nutrition exercise goals. And then we went from that to symptom onset, symptom onset and what those issues were to finding and actually receiving care, and then discharge and post-visit, all the way to condition management. So that the entire kind of patient experience was captured and cataloged and ultimately prioritized in the right fashion. And we took those and, and found certain initiatives like provider matching, online scheduling and bill pay, patient education, um, and chronic condition management that for diabetes and heart failure patients, heart failure patients um, that had the biggest opportunity to be able to impact the patient experience. And from there, you know, started building charters. So how can existing solutions like Epic be used to better optimize for these opportunities um, versus what required new solutions or even new operating models in order to be able to address them effectively? Um, and we worked with them through this, created that three-year strategy, and they're still working through it. They're um, working and implementing that three-year strategy today. That's great. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining us today for some digital health myth-busting, and thanks for explaining about the DHI and how it can help provide a roadmap for transformation. And a special thanks to HealthBox for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day.